Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Talking District 4 athletics week in, week out here in the state of Idaho. Uh, my name is Brandon Bainey, and we are joined today by Mr. Misunderstood, a.k.a. Scott Burton. If you had a dime every time you were misunderstood about something, you probably wouldn't have to be. You'd be on a beach somewhere retired, right? Uh, I would be. Um, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Especially this past weekend. Uh, yeah, I am definitely Mr. Misunderstood. The Eric Church song, for those that are not uh, familiar with the title. Um, <clears throat> not. It's kind of a little double entendre, really, because, yes, I am often misunderstood. But at the same time, I was um, in Boise this weekend and and got called Eric Church about a half a dozen times because I had my hat on, my aviators, a little bit of uh, scruff going on. And one guy even took a picture of me and said, hey, guess who I saw today? And Eric Church. But, you know, I don't get it. it it's the aviators and the scruff is all it is. You put a hat on and then maybe it's something else, too. Yeah, it looks uh, you're, you're looking good uh, with the uh, indoor sunglasses. And hopefully you'll be able to actually, you know, use those at some point uh, as we continue to be in this deep winter freeze, Scott, uh, where I live over in Pocatello, uh, we got uh, like over a foot, foot plus of snow over like a two day period. Um, if you're watching the video version of this podcast on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, um, I'm going to share a picture. If you're listening audio only at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, um, you, uh, I'll describe the picture as best as I can, but if you want to see what it looks like, go, go to the YouTube channel and check out the Magic Valley Prepcast. This was me, Scott, on Monday uh, as I attempted, actually Tuesday, as I was shoveling in my backyard. Take a look at this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. You guys are just getting hammered over there. That's insane. Yeah, so there was, I mean, when it was all said and done, it had to have been like 18 inches. I mean, it was nuts. I mean, you can see it all behind me. That black thing that's in the middle of the picture, this is me in my backyard, that black thing in the middle, that's that's actually our outdoor fire pit. I thought it was safe enough to pull it out for the season, but apparently not. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know, the thing is, it is... Uh, it, it's still pretty low as far as the elevation goes because Shoshone just got hit pretty hard a couple of days ago, and that's just up the road from me. So, I mean, it's it's still down in the valley here in the Magic Valley. I mean, right now today, as we shoot this on a on a Thursday, it's the sun is shining, the wind is blowing a little bit, but uh, we've got baseball going on right now. We got softball going on right now. We've got a middle school track meet. Here at the high school, it is absolute chaos out there, but the sun is shining and everybody's happy at the moment because it has not been seen in all of 2023. It's it's unreal. Yeah, and uh, dovetailing along that, I'll take my picture off and get us back up here and squared away. Um, a, a topic I kind of wanted to explore next week is spring sports season. We had um, the Highland baseball coach over here in Pocatello put it out on social media yesterday, basically saying like, 
Hey, IHSAA, I know this is, and he tagged the IHSAA in the post. I know it's like uh, kind of an unusual year weather-wise, but like we literally have not practiced outside once and districts are in four weeks. Like, can we talk about moving the spring sports season back even a week um, to try and offset this? So that's something I kind of wanted to explore next week. Maybe you can reach out to a couple of coaches and get a straw poll and see what people think about that. Because I'll tell you, I hate the overlap between the seasons here in Idaho, whether it's fall to winter or winter to spring. I think you're shortchanging whatever athletes are competing in the new season when you have something as exciting as championships still occurring as their season starts. So well, Yeah, I mean, you are. And then you factor in a lot of other things that are playing a role, too. I mean, take Max Preps. You know, you get a team that goes, let's say, plays deep into the state football playoffs, maybe plays in the state title game. Their basketball season really is kind of already gotten going. And they, they can't gel at all because they haven't played together, yet they're going to be winning games, losing games, whatever, in this max prep rankings. We saw it this past year with um, uh, Bishop Kelly, I believe, um, boys basketball, as they go on and do what they do every year in football. And, you know, Coach Kearns up there just has to deal with it because all those kids or a majority of those kids are playing football has to get them together in a matter of a couple of days ready to play. But that takes, you know, up until Christmas to get going. And, that, and that's exactly what we saw happen because they entered the tournament, one of the hottest teams in 4A after Christmas. Well, the reason why it was exactly what you're talking about. That overlap is, is something. Yeah. So in, in, this is a conversation I had on the East Idaho prep cast with our co-host there, Sean Kane. He's also the tennis coach at century. And he said, basically like all the tennis coaches in East Idaho have already kind of sent in the paperwork to the IHSAA about uh, state seating for tennis, because the rule is to get seated at the state tennis tournament. You have to have a minimum of 10 matches. Nobody in East Idaho is going to reach that. <laughs> so they've already kind of drawn up the paperwork to say, Hey, we're going to have to bend the rules a little bit this year uh, so we can get our East Idaho champions seated at state. So I, it's just a mess, but we'll, we'll dive more into that topic next week because we did have some really good on the field, on the track type stuff to talk about. Uh, we kind of teased it on last week's show, Scott, but uh, an historic event a week ago as lighthouse Christian for the first time ever competed in baseball now last year they they brought softball to the school for the first time and uh now they're in year two of their softball program but here we are year one of baseball at lighthouse christian and i know everybody uh involved in that program is really excited about it yeah no they are this was uh something that really kind of got thrown together you know when uh, coach head coach ed wood was really the spearhead behind almost all of it and the way that it got started was, I mean, it was late last year, uh, November, December area, where they were really cutting it close of not even being able to get their paperwork into to form a team, you know. So what they did is they just kind of gauged the interest. And, and next thing you know, they had enough kids that were interested. They called this baseball meeting, you know, and they had 19 to 20 kids there. It's like, holy crap, we might be able to do this. You know, so they quickly got their stuff turned into the state and then, bam, they're a team. Now, this is right before Christmas. and all the other schools have their schedules set. These guys don't even have uniforms. They don't have equipment. And now they're going to try to throw something together in a matter of a couple of months uh, to get it going. But, uh, 
you know, according to Coach Wood, I mean, the parents and the community really, really stepped it up. You know, they've got some parents that, that work at a, a couple of uh, businesses, um, you know, built, built Unlimited, Smith Promoting, those types of businesses here in the Valley stepped up and really quickly got them what they needed uh, to get. And so they, they quickly got it together, pieced it together, and they got their season underway, which is really exciting over a lighthouse. But it was just a frantic, mad scramble to get it. And um, I can only imagine what's going on over there. But they, they got it done. And, and my understanding, and, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, if, if you know, uh, last year when Lighthouse brought softball in, they kind of said, you know, we're going to kind of do our own schedule, play some JV teams, play some varsity teams. And then when the postseason comes, we'll compete in District 3 because there's there's no other 1A teams in District 4 that play softball or baseball besides Glens Ferry. And Glens Ferry plays in District 3. So Lighthouse said for the playoffs, uh, for softball, we'll just take the eight seed and be in the District 3 tournament. Uh, it appears this year that the Lighthouse softball team is a full-fledged member. They're, they're playing all the conference opponents. Um, and so they kind of had a trial run year one, full-fledged member year two. It looks like the baseball team is on a similar path, right? This year, they're kind of just playing a handful of varsity teams, but also some JV teams mixed in. That's exactly right. I mean, this first year, everybody's got their schedule set. They don't formally belong to a conference yet. So they're just really kind of picking up games wherever they can. And so they are playing a lot of uh, JV teams from around, you know, the area, um, sometimes a little mix of JV varsity teams. But that's exactly what they're doing. So they're doing all of that to where next year they will be in in their own conference, the Western Idaho Conference. So it, it, it's just that first year getting it going, getting some kids some experience, getting, you know, your your equipment, and your uniforms and, and trying to play some games. And then, you know, you throw in the spring weather on top of that. And, you know, they played two games and they won their very first game in Lighthouse Christian history. Uh, the other day against uh, Declo, 13 to four. And uh, boy, they were super excited, celebrating. You know, they just won the, I don't know, whatever title you want to give them, but uh, the very first win in school history. And that's something that uh, those kids are going to remember and be proud of. And so they are really, really excited. But yes, it's a hodgepodge thing of scheduling this year. Next year is going to be a little bit more solidified. And to get a win over a Declo team that's been well-established is pretty exciting uh, times for Lighthouse Christian, certainly. Um, and we know that they've got good athletes, right? We talk about uh, in football, they made the playoffs and even got a playoff victory. Uh, in basketball, they didn't make it back to state, but they they were a force all year long. And uh, we're seeing those same athletes now out on the baseball field. Well, you know, and the thing about it is – you know, I talked to Coach Wood and, you know, I asked him, I said, okay, so adding a sport to a spring season, how does that work with some of your other sports? Because you just don't have the pool of kids to draw from, right? And his answer was simply, he goes, we just work together. And as easy as that sounds, it's not easy to implement because there are a lot of schools a lot bigger than Lighthouse that are having problems, you know, sharing kids. Well, you look at this this lighthouse team they've got 15 on the team and 10 or 11 of them are playing another spring sport you know whether it be track or golf or you know whatever and so 
when that happens, all the coaches, they get it. They understand each other. And the kids are just saying, hey, coach, I got to go qualify for this golf tournament today. I'm not going to be a practice. Like, okay, all right, that's cool. So they're, they're all sharing. And so that's part of the, the, I guess, the process when you put something new in. And luckily for Lighthouse, the rest of the spring coaches, I've been told, have been completely on board and supportive. Yeah, and I'm excited to hear that there was such a large turnout and a, and a good number of kids that want to play because you're gonna you're gonna run into problems um, when you have multi-sport athletes within the same season. Uh, famously, or not famously, but uh, three years ago, Idaho City had baseball for the very first time at their school, and they kind of did the same thing. They had to borrow athletes uh, from track and field uh, to, to fill out the roster. And basically they got to district tournament time and it was their district tournament opener, but it was the same day as the district track meet and their best hitter, the cleanup batter, first baseman, pretty darn good shot put thrower too. And he said, Hey, sorry, I got to go qualify for state in the shot put. And they, they didn't have enough players. Um, I think it was he and one other kid, uh, had to go do track. They didn't have enough players to withstand that they had to forfeit their district tournament opener because they didn't have enough guys. So it sounds like Lighthouse is good there in terms of the depth as well. Yeah, well, you hope so. But, you know, when you get, you know, 15 guys on a team, all, all it takes is a couple injuries and then a couple of those types of situations and a perfect storm to develop. The next thing you know, yeah, you're in that same same boat again. You know, but it, in order for this to work, it, all those coaches have got to work together and be able to share their players. And if you can't do that, it doesn't matter if you're a 1A school or a 5A school for it, it doesn't matter. If you're not able to do that, then you're putting these kids in a really unfortunate situation because really you want you want athletes. You know, you don't want specialized players, and you certainly don't want to be in a situation where you're making a kid choose. And luckily, they're so far so good. And the other thing uh, fans might be wondering about is, okay, if I want to go watch Lighthouse Christian, you know, where do I where do I go? Well, they don't have a facility, obviously. This is their first year as a baseball program. Uh, so a lot of road games, um, but the the quote-unquote home games that they are playing uh, are going to be in Filer at the Idaho Central Legacy Fields. So that's kind of a cool deal that they have a quasi-home away from home there in Filer. Yeah, they've got a place to play, and they partnered up with the Mike and Austin Legacy Fields. And, and, uh, and you're right, that is their home away from home. So even though it's not on campus, they do have a place uh, that they call home and they're doing some work on that as well. So, I mean, th they've got some things in mind for home fields, but that's going to be down the road. Yeah. And uh, when that happens, we'll, we'll be sure to bring it to you. Certainly. Um, all right. So let's, let's shift gears now. Let's talk a little track and field where uh, my goodness, the story of the week in Idaho track and field, not just magic Valley, but statewide, didn't actually happen in Idaho. It happened in Texas where Gatlin bear, the burly speedster put on another phenomenal show this time in the 100 meter dash where he went down to uh, the biggest high school competition there is and won the 100 meter dash in, in breakaway fashion. Yeah. Tell me about it. I mean, that was a stacked field in those 100 meters too. And I mean, you know how he stacks up with the competition in Idaho or any type of, of, you know, unfortunate circumstance. I mean, this kid is on track to win the, you know, the, the state title in the hundred and possibly the 200 as well. 
You know, I mean, he is that good. But when he goes down there against that type of competition and runs the way he did. Now, it's I've seen two different scores, Brandon, a 10.28, and I've also seen a 10.18. Either way, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's lightning fast. And uh, the kid will be at our place tomorrow uh, for the Tim Dunn track meet. And so I've got, I've already got to see him run one time and I, I just, he's, you just don't know what you're looking at because this kid is just so naturally gifted with speed that you just, it, it's one of those things that when he runs, you just have to look around and make sure everybody else saw it. Did, did you just, did you see this too? That's the reaction you get when you watch this kid run. He is that good. Yeah, and I think the official time is ten one eight. That is okay. that is the time. That is so. But I mean, ten eighteen is is cooking. That's I've never seen somebody in my life run that fast, like in person. So I'm very excited to maybe get to watch him compete, and I'm sure you are too, Scott. Oh my goodness, absolutely! It's just so much fun when you see a kid like this uh, do so well. And you know, I mean, we we talked a lot about you know, Colston Loveland and, and, and kind of the recruiting that he went through. I mean, Gallon Bears is kind of, I mean, it's the same way for him. I mean, he's getting offers from uh, Nebraska, Utah, BYU, Oregon, you know, Texas. I mean, this kid is racking up and has racked up a whole bunch of, of interest, right? Um, but the cool thing about Gallon from talking to people that I know is just, he he does things really kind of the right way with his body. I mean, he's he's very conscious of nutrition, um, very uh, promoter of like ice baths and those kinds of things. I mean, really taking care of your body and to compete at that level. I mean, you definitely have to take care of yourself. And and from what I understand, I mean, he does that very, very well. Yeah, and it really is a full package. If you want to be a premier Division One athlete, you do. You have to take care of your body, and um, he certainly does that. And we're excited to see uh, how he and the rest of his uh, Burley teammates compete. Uh, they've got a pretty good distance runner, Bradshaw, as well this year on the boys' side. So uh, it'll be fun to watch them compete. We're, we're launching a new feature on IdahoSports.com every Thursday. Scott, I'm actually putting the finishing touches on it after we – sign off here and it'll be up on the website tonight it's called tracking the field it's going to be like a bracketology of sorts but with track and field where basically every thursday i'm going to look at the leaderboards i'm going to add up the points and go all right if state was today based on what we've seen so far here's how here's all the teams here's how many points they would score and here's the top individual in each event we'll do 5a all the way down to 1A, boys and girls. I think it'll be fun to kind of see a snapshot of, you know, which teams and which individuals are really excelling in track and field this year. But that'll be really interesting because there are some really good track athletes. And, and uh, even though they haven't gotten out to run a whole lot this year, especially in, in prime conditions, um, it, it's always fun to track that stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it'll be fun to see uh, how it changes week to week as well as more teams get out and compete in, we think, nicer weather. Um, let's let's wrap up the show today with, uh, with another track and field story. This one from Buell, where there was a really cool uh, a senior project um, that 
uh, one of the student athletes at Buell High School uh, completed, and it, it helped out the school and the track and field program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a Caden Hunsaker from Buell uh, built a new pit cover for the high jump um, for his track as his senior project. You know, and the senior projects being the thing in order to graduate, it's it's super nice to see these kids doing something that gives back, you know, to the school. And, and Coach Moretto, uh, the track guy there, was, you know, instrumental in the development of it as well. And, you know, and that's who Caden went to. He just said, hey, I was thinking about doing something for my senior project. Uh, he thought about something that could benefit the sport that he really liked. And first thing that came to his mind was track. And so, you know, between he and Mr. Moretto, they, they came up with a cover for the high jump pit, you know, and, and uh, Caden's a, just a great trackster. I mean, he loves the sport and uh, he's got a lot of good things to say about how it shaped him and built his relationships over the years. So when it came down to it, it was a no brainer for him. I want to do something that gives back to a program that really did so much, you know, for me and for Buell. Hey, that's, that's awesome. And I'll tell you from a, from an athletic director standpoint, anytime you get a kid to do that as a senior project, I mean, think of, think of, what that did cost-wise for the school. I mean, not only would something like that cost some money, but what he's doing is protecting those high jump pits so they're not having to be replaced because something like that just saved Buell a, a lot of money. And so they're all very, very grateful for it. Yeah, that was going to be my next question was, you know, what kind of value are we looking at here? You would know that as an athletic director. And what kind of, what kind of shelf life uh, can we expect? How long does a pit cover last for? Oh, you take care of it. It'll last ages. It'll, it'll last well beyond my, my stint with the AD. You know, but that will last a very, very long time. And so, you know, and the thing is, you get these kids that know how to, to weld and, and you get them out of the ag classes. And, and if you just happen to have one that is into sports, you really try to push them that direction to, to build something that, you know, can be used. And so, you know, talking to Caden, I was emailing Caden back and forth a little bit, asking him kind of about this. And, and uh, he said, you know, it, he said, it was just nice to be able to give back to the team. And he said, the process wasn't terrible. It, it did take, you know, some time he had a few welding burns, but you know, that's just kind of part of the, the deal. The struggles he said were the angles and the measurements <laughs> because I'm not the best at math. So measuring everything else and trying to get it all precise was probably the toughest part of the whole thing. Uh, he did over 20 hours of work on it, you know, with some help from his dad. Um, but uh, he said the biggest thing about putting it all together was were the, the wheels, the heels of it. You know, um, they originally used wheels with tubes in them but they're in the process of switching to solid wheels i mean anyway so what that does is it allows the mobile aspect of it but anyway yeah that was the whole journey there with with caden and his high jump pit project but a very cool thing to do and i and i really really push other high school seniors to do stuff you know like that yeah what a great project um and and what a great way to tie it into a team and a school that you're part of as, as well and yeah, we saw that story last week, and we're like, we we got to talk to we got to talk to Caden and get the skinny yeah. on this because what a cool deal that was, and uh, what an outstanding young man as well. Yeah, absolutely. His coaches really have nothing but good things to say about him, and so it's it's good to see that kind of thing in this day and age where 
everybody's just kind of, it seems, um, in it for themselves. And there's a lot of meme monkeys out there to where it's like mine, mine, mine. To see this kind of thing is, is, is super cool. And I know there's others out there too. So, you know, and we're not below highlighting those. Send us a picture, give us a brief description of what you did. We'll flash it up there and, and give you some props for giving back to your school. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, there was a lot of good things, as we said, happening on the field, but also some really compelling stories, maybe away from the action as well. that weren't weather related for a change. So uh, that's a win in my book, wow. uh, no matter how you mark it down. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to do it again because we need to know the ramifications of this. And we hit on this in last week when we talked about, yeah, we talked about the weather, rescheduling games, big deal. But that plays a significant role for the district tournaments, for the state tournaments. And you brought that up in tennis. Nobody's getting matches in. What condition are the athletes in? You know, those kinds of things. So, yeah, we're not done talking about it just yet because the even if the weather does change and it goes 70 degrees tomorrow, we are still going to be talking about what happened this first month or so of the season. Yeah. So we'll explore that next week. Maybe, you know, what would happen if we did push the start of spring sports back a week or two and see if it's something people are receptive to. Um, I, I'd be very interested to hear about that. So uh, that'll be on next week's uh, edition of the show. But uh, for now, Scott, go enjoy the nice weather while it lasts. Cause I know it's probably going to be fleeting. Uh, yeah, no kidding, right? As long as the sun is out, you can deal with a lot of things. It's just, you know, the other day, was it Monday? Or no, Tuesday. What is today? Was Tuesday? Two days ago. I don't know. Look, we've got softball and baseball going on. We had to, to cancel a baseball game in the fifth inning because we had sideways snow and hail that was pelting our, our, our batters as it was coming right at them. It's like, that's it. <laughs> We're out of here. And it's like, that was two days ago. And now I'm going to walk outside to a middle school track meet, to a softball game, to a baseball game, all happening right there in our complex. And it's just nice to see. Yeah, that was funny. You guys, Jerome was hosting Sugar Salem in a baseball doubleheader. And I got yeah. that first score in and I kept yeah. waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm like, what the heck? Are they going like 14 innings? What happened? <laughs> Finally, the Sugar coach was like, no, nah, we, we called it. And this the yeah. second game didn't happen. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's the struggle's real, Brandon. No matter where you're at, the uh, the Boise people, the banana belt up there, you know, it hasn't been great for them, but they're always, you know, ten degrees warmer it seems. But they've got a full season going, and uh, definitely advantage that area uh, as compared to the rest of the state for sure. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody, to the Magic Valley PrepCast. Uh, we'll be back next week again to break down the biggest stories happening in District 4. Uh, for Scott Burton, Mr. Misunderstood, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we will see you next time on IdahoSports.com.